Welcome to Enterprise Design's Industry Insights, where we identify key topics in the commercial real estate industry. I'm Ann Weston, Director of Design Services. And I'm Jessica Green, Director of Client Services. For this series, we're discussing market trends with Dallas-based commercial real estate professionals. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks mm -hmm. for having me. We appreciate it. Um, for this series, we're focusing the topic on key issues for tenants and their representation. So Tyler, are you seeing tenant investment in an engaging design for, to reflect their culture? Yeah, definitely. I think it's all client specific, ultimately. Are they more cost conscious or are they wanting to invest? And most of the groups that we interact with are keen to the idea of engaging an architect on the front end to help out. And that's just figuring out everything from their space layout, how can we be efficient, but these are those certain design elements and aesthetics that we want to see to produce collaboration, enhance productivity, and be conscious of what they have as far as branding goes. So we do definitely see that. That's great. Yeah, we're really excited to be partnering with a lot of uh, the people in the industry on that front end. Uh, mm -hmm. We think it's very beneficial because we do have a lot of experience and research on, you know, what's happening and, you know, what works and what doesn't, you know, and some of these things, you know, have been long term. So, you know, global companies have already been doing hoteling for quite a long time. They have uh, headquarters and hubs in different locations um, so that they can kind of focus their real estate. But as, you know, the smaller companies are getting into um, hoteling or kind of figuring out exactly how they want to come back into the office, mm -hmm. uh, we're definitely happy to help um, and really guide the client on, you know, what works best for them. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the main questions that we get right now as we come out of COVID and we're entering into this new workforce, what does that look like? What does okay. the design look like? How are, you know, flexibility is key for everybody that we're talking to. I think that that flexible model to some extent is gonna be here to stay. And how do we navigate what that looks like going forward? It's a, probably the main question that we get. And so right. it's, it's good for us to, as we meet with so many different companies and executives, talking to them about what's your strategy? What are you guys seeing? what has worked, and then trying to guide how we can to make their businesses most productive. Right. It's really fun seeing all the ideas out there and kind of the forward thinking mm -hmm. in this industry, especially it had to kickstart it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And so in navigating what is the best and, you know, every company is different, um, but it's kind of fun seeing, you know, like I said, all these different ideas and, you know, kind of enhancing different spaces to make it kind of that fun work-life balance yeah, for atmosphere. Sure. I'd yeah. be interested if you guys, what's the most, you know, out of the box thing that you guys have seen or some feedback that you've gotten from groups that they um, might try and implement, see, if it, see if it works. Yeah. I was absolutely. like, are we talking about in the office or are right. we talking about in the buildings? There's, or do you want both? <laughs> there's so much that's happening. Um, you know, definitely if you, if uh, the client is looking to have everyone come back to the office and they want everyone interfacing, you know, it doesn't have to be on a daily basis, but if they want everyone back in the office at one time, mm -hmm. you do really need to have a spot for each employee. Uh, and that doesn't need to be, you know, a workstation or an office or a desk, but, um, you know, having those areas for collaboration that double as, you know, workspace where people can plug in, they can get work done, um, you know, 
the office hub essentially in the office, you know, the break room that doubles as collaboration yeah. space or additional workspace. Um, we've seen a bunch of just kind of booths so you can have kind of a semi-private meeting or, you know, a, a few people eat lunch. Um, and coffee know. stations, right. kind of like wine bar stations, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, in the building itself, I mean, golf simulators mm -hmm. are huge right. right now. Gyms are <laughs> insane. I mean, what they're kind of doing with these um, fitness centers right. and buildings. I mean, they're making it the focal point kind of of the building sometimes when you walk in or these huge amenities that they're having in there. Yeah. Um, just trying to add in all of those elements yeah. into it. Creating it's that fun. convenience and that walkability yes. uh, for not only the tenants, but everyone that kind of comes in that you know, they don't have to get in their car to drive somewhere and, you know, get grab lunch. You know, they can do something pretty conveniently uh, that's walkable um, or they can order something. DoorDash, you know, obviously has been <laughs> booming lately, mm -hmm. um, bringing in office, in office lunch um, and just creating that culture. Um, you know, if you don't already have a culture that's kind of defined, um, using the space to kind of help you develop that culture and totally. create, you know, really a fear of missing out and, you know, a desire to be in the office and mm -hmm. interfacing mm -hmm. with everyone. I'm a big FOMO Yeah, guy. I was going to say FOMO. <laughs> I, I, I got to be doing what everybody else is doing. Yeah, exactly. Now, I think that that's probably uh, one of the most significant investments that we've seen from companies is going bigger with their break room, you know, making it, yeah. it's not just some galley kitchen that's tucked away in the corner. They want it in predominantly in the middle of the space and a little bit larger so that it can act as kind of like a space for a town hall. If they need a big congregation of employees, or you also have your private booth so they can just plug in and work. They're not chained to their workstation. So right. we see it. We've seen a big investment in that. Yeah. Well, kind of, Touching on convenience, the next question is, with an emphasis on convenience, where do you foresee the most change in capital improvements for office buildings? Yeah, so I think what landlords have been doing and have been doing a really good job about is transitioning more into what I'd call like a hospitality feel. So it's a lot more like instead of just sleek, stark, cold feeling, it's a lot more warmer tones and really just making, trying to make at least the common areas of the place feel more vibrant, more lively, more benches for people that they can just have lobby activity and people touching down in the, in the lobby and a place for like employees to come down and just sit or go grab coffee. And so I think that's been the biggest thing that I think a lot of landlords here in Dallas have executed really well on. Really. Yeah. Lighting is definitely key to in all these buildings. Some just change of it to really right. just in colors as well. Change the mm -hmm. whole dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Definitely the update to LED, you know, as, you know, code kind of changes and, you know, the the energy code, you know, adapts a lot of the things coming out from lead. Um, you know, everyone is going a lot more, you know, energy efficient mm -hmm. and updating to LEDs, you know, just creates an opportunity to bring a lot more light uh, into a space and, you know, facilitating a lot of the natural light into the space, kind of penetrating all the way through rather than, you know, closed offices or dark spaces, you know, on the perimeter, allowing that to go all the way through kind of helps with that warmth aspect mm -hmm. and um, kind of just an enjoyability in the office. You know, if you 
have an outdoor space or, you know, access to daylight, you're going to like the space a lot more uh, and want to go in there. Yeah, natural light is huge. You know, every yeah. every time we get a space plan back, we as a tenant rep broker, we're always like, let's put some glass here, you know, on the, <laughs> yeah. on the conference room or just on glass front for the offices so that more right. employees, right. unless it's an inset office, but if it's an exterior office, let's throw some glass up, even if it's just a side light or something so that people can get more natural light. I mean, there's so much, you know, data that supports that that is very beneficial for everyone's morale. Yeah. Very important. Absolutely. Yeah. The, um, we mentioned this uh, a little bit earlier um, in something previously, but the, the corporate office or the building of the 80s is no longer valid and you know everything is changing so exponentially. You know I think that we were going to get to this point in time eventually, uh, but COVID and the pandemic really just kind of expedited our our path here, where you know you are wanting to make sure that people have the flexibility to be in the office and out of the office, that tenants have the flexibility to grow or reduce or you know move into another space, um, and then you know. The fact that it's just now and here, that office of the 80s where everything is kind of closed off, it's all offices, you have corridors that are all really dark, um, that's just completely gone at this point. Yeah. And even to that point, just corridors being closed off, I feel like a lot of architects have done a really good job about saying, this basement space that we have, how can we retrofit this and make it a place where people want to come in? And so you're seeing those converted into like gyms or something like that. And it's a much better place where you're going to get some foot traffic and make your building more usable and more desirable for tenants that you're trying to attract or keep inside. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So with tenants back in the office, are you finding that current technology use is supporting their work methods or are tenants looking for more innovative technology solutions? Yeah, I think that I think that there was always a question about, you know, years ago from people cutting costs on overhead. And so how can we do that? Well, let's try the work from home thing. And then with COVID, we were forced into that and companies were forced into making that decision. And so over the last two years, we've seen a ton of the technological infrastructure that's gotten built out, built out from those companies that has made working from home or flexibility easier for them to implement what they need to do to get their jobs done and for productivity to be higher. What we actually have seen with most groups is that productivity was fine with most people working from home And so we need to have that offering to them so that we can still attract the right talent that we want to work here, but offer the flexibility that we can be competitive in the marketplace. But we still want them to come back into the office sometimes so that we can have that collaboration, build our culture. And so I think that we're going to continue to see different ways where people are stretching and thinking outside the box from a technology standpoint. I think that Zoom and Teams have been kind of a game changer, but I've been on enough Zoom calls and team calls (laughs) that I'm I'm good if we start stepping back from those now. But I think that we're going to continue to see how can we keep making it. And it's all driven by, it's all driven by talent. But, you know, if, if we need to get a certain kind of person in who can, who can do their job the best, but they're saying they need this, well, then what do we need to do to implement that for them? 
Yeah, and one of the things with technology that we're seeing is, you know, obviously Zoom and Teams are probably here to stay, you know, that virtual presentation. And, you know, even prior to the pandemic, you know, I had national accounts that weren't local to me. So I was, you know, interfacing with them Oh, with GoToMeeting, I think it was mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. I feel like that was only like three Stay. years ago. But um, so, uh, but with that, you know, there is going to be this component of everyone starting to meet in person, mm-hmm. but still being able to have people that are remote in those meetings and interfacing with the mm-hmm. people that are in person. Uh, and I think that's the piece where, you know, the really innovative technology is going to catch up and they're going to facilitate how does that work? You know, can we really make this happen? Um, because you can feel a little ostracized when you are the only one that is virtual is and everyone good. else is in person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how does technology facilitate that? And I think, you know, we're exponentially getting there with all of these different innovative ideas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And having these meetings, like even these group collaborative meetings where some people can't be there in person due to their on-site or somewhere else. And like, like you said, and you said as well, kind of making it feel like everyone's kind of there mm-hmm. as well. But at the end of the day, you know, we do want everyone back and it's ha- good to have a collaborative space. And, you know, I love being in the office and being around people that kind of gives me energy. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, having the technology that's keeping up with the times and, mm-hmm. you know, innovative ways to kind of entangle all of that together. To yeah, make it a great experience. I, yeah, and I, and I think that just from that standpoint, it's, you know, the cloud, whatever that is. <laughs> Where does it go? <laughs> it's in the cloud. Where does information live? No, but I, I think it's just companies make more of an investment on the technological infrastructure and storage and data side, too. It'll make the, you know, meetings and whatever else is going on more seamless. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, we're currently working with... Um, a cybersecurity company and, um, you know, they're very high technology, but they don't have server rooms. They don't have printers. Mm -hmm. They don't, you know, it's just very unique in the aspect that, you know, they are utilizing the cloud so much at this point that you don't need those extra rooms and that extra, you know, energy that's being used for those rooms that they can survive without it because everything is in the cloud. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. It is. It is. Pretty crazy where technology is going. I mean, I'm just excited to see where it goes from here. Um, kind of the next question: What are the most helpful tools, research, or advice from vendors that play an important role in guiding your clients? Yeah, I think from a vendor standpoint, my my biggest thing is just please be timely. Just help us out from a from a turnaround standpoint. If we need a space plan or we need a furniture plan or we need something, right. but then inside of that, actually going and meeting with groups over lunches or happy hours or whatever it is and just hearing best practices. Oh, you guys need to see this. You need something with head down space. We just implemented this cool little wall or something that still gives whatever it is, natural light, but it's still quiet enough for head down space. And so I think just keeping the dialogue and communication open with vendors and hearing about what's the new next best thing is always really helpful for us. And then from you guys, just oh, hey, we just did this with these guys, this design feature. They really liked it. This is why it's beneficial for them. You should think about this. And then we can relay that information over to our groups as we're helping them brainstorm about what does their space look like. 
I love that you said that, like getting together and talking about it. Because a lot of times, like, I agree, marketing material, sending it to you and research, continue to do that. But actually getting in person yeah. and kind of talking about it, because so many different things come up. You know, have you heard about this or this is what we've seen? And it just, like, kind of gets the flow of the conversation going, you know, more. Because you at that time, you don't know who, what clients you're dealing with. And maybe it's something that just came out that could be helpful. Yeah, and, clients, and most of the so. time, you're not even thinking about that until you're interacting exactly. with somebody. And then, Absolutely. oh, well, actually, we have this. Have you seen this before? Oh, yeah, we did this. And we're, we're all about getting together Yeah, at HLC. Yeah. <laughs> HLC. <laughs> yeah, we definitely love the collaboration. Our industry is yeah. very collaborative, and we really do appreciate it when, you know, all of our partners in the industry collaborate with us because that's how you come up with new ideas, innovative ideas, mm -hmm. and just accelerate uh, the industry and, you know, best facilitate all of our tenants and everyone getting back into the office, which I think is key at this point. You know, we want everybody back. We know that it's headed that way, and we know that that's where everybody needs to be. Uh, but a lot of it is, you know, getting the people that are coming out of school on board with it because they've been working from home this whole time. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, how do we facilitate, you know, the young people being on board with getting back into the office? Mm -hmm. So it's a million dollar question. It is yeah. a million dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not the decision makers in the C-suite. So yeah, <laughs> I know what I wanted to be doing yeah. back in, back in everybody. I think it's just good overall. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so, are existing tenants keeping their current space or do you see a reduction or an increase in square footage? Yeah, I would say it's it's a mixed bag. I think it all depends on how their business has performed over the last few years, right? That's And then we generally try and help forecast what does your three-year plan look like? Um, for the most part, I would say that, you know, healthy companies, it's not a downsize, it's more of a right size. And by right size, I mean, their square footage doesn't necessarily change so much, but they need to have touchdown places for companies that are, or for employees that are flexible, but they don't want to sacrifice what their space looks like and they need to have a reason for them to come back in. Yeah. So where you might lose a few offices or a few workstations, you make up for it by a larger break room or by more on-site amenities so that they can, they have a reason to come in, whether it's, you know, free pizza Tuesdays or, right. you know, happy hour every third Thursday or whatever. And so you need to have larger spaces for people to come back in. Well, I know with you, we've talked quite a bit about subleases and, you mm -hmm. know, the transactions and, you know, just the flexibility in there. You know, are you still seeing tenants doing subleases of their current spaces or do you think that people are starting to take that square footage back? Uh, we're still actively picking up subleases. We actually just came to terms on one today, which is great. But yeah, there's still definitely a demand for, you know, and again, this company is doing, our client is doing extremely well, but they have outsourced a lot of their employee base. And so they just don't need the, you know, overhead that they originally had. Great. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, last question here. We might have some few after that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what do you see tenants requesting the most from a building? You've heard the buzzwords, flight to quality. I think that that's a that's yeah. a big thing. I think that, and by that, not necessarily just the aesthetics of a building, but 
on-site amenities. You know, we, we joke a lot that a gym or common area tenant conference or mailroom, shine. do they actually use it? I don't know. Most of the time you'd probably say no, but uh, it's good to have those. But I think that from what we've heard, a lot of is just outdoor space. So that's the biggest thing that we've heard over and over again over the last two years is, does this place have any kind of communal area outside where we can work, go on a walk, eat our lunch if we want to, or have some events? So a lot of patios, a lot of different places where people can hang out outside. Absolutely, because it, you know, kind of gives you a break from like being, even though like these offices and what you're seeing in buildings are so beautiful and Mm -hmm. like what they're doing with them, you know, it is nice to kind of step outside and like be able to sit or take like a five minute break out there or walk Mm -hmm. around depending on the location of the building. And so, yeah, that's nice to see. And we've definitely seen a transition to more of the campus feel, Mm -hmm. you know, in downtown, you know. At least the convenience where, you know, if you've got kind of a group of buildings together that do have a lot of things that, you know, are similar to amenities or, you know, food and beverage or, you know, different things that create that convenience, uh, that location will definitely be more desirable over one that, you know, you have to get in the car and drive somewhere to do something. And, um, you know, I think a lot of larger companies, you know, have set up those campus fields, um, because that's what they can do and they are bringing all their employees to Mm -hmm. a hub. Um, But I think, you know, smaller companies want that. They see that and they want that. So they want to move into a building that has that feel to it just to give their employees that same amenity, that same attraction to work for them if they're a small company versus a larger one. Yeah. And so it's, you know, making the, making lobbies more hospitable, more places for just natural foot traffic and collaboration. So that's like adding a, you know, a nice coffee shop or something that generally drives a ton of activity. And then the investment in the gym and then the outdoor spaces. Those are the three bigger things that I would say we're seeing a lot of. We all love our coffee too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we have a lot of buildings that are, you know, trying to figure out what's that next best thing. Like what's going to set them apart. Are there different amenities that nobody's done before that'll set me apart? Mm -hmm. Um, So we've seen, you know, obviously the golf simulators have been around for quite a while, but you know, wine retail and, you know, a bunch of of other things. So, Mm -hmm. um, but even, you know, a really great, you know, niche restaurant, you know, that isn't a chain um, that will draw people in. And, you know, I think of, um, you know, some of the restaurants in downtown that are just really iconic and, Mm -hmm. you know, you know what they are and you want to go there. uh, And that brings a draw to the building as well. Or I know we touched on fitness centers, but even like those, you know, studios, like studio fitness things like cycling and boxing Mm -hmm. and things like that, that's just bringing in more people to the building Mm -hmm. as well. Not just, you know, the standard fitness center in itself too. So, all righty. Well, this was fun. Thank you so much for a great conversation. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to Enterprise Designs Industry Insights video podcast. Please follow us and subscribe to our channel or visit us on our website at enterprisedesign.com. And look for our teaser video highlighting the next episode. We look forward to seeing you then.